Hey everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're gonna find two things in this feed. In this season, you're gonna find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois. And you're gonna find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're gonna find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. If you have a Bible, why don't you turn in it to the book of Acts in chapter 16. Book of Acts in chapter 16. You can grab a Bible. You can get that on your phone. We, uh, I'm excited about I just want to read you this story and then I just want to teach. The message today is going to be short, like I said, and it's called Praise When It's Midnight. So this is Acts chapter 16. This is uh, the story of the early church that's unfolding, and this is the Apostle Paul. And it says this, starting in verse 16. It says that as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And verse 18, this she kept doing for many days until Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. A couple things happened here. I uh, I met a a lot of parents in the early service usually. I love it just that in the Bible, it makes it clear that when someone says the same thing to you over and over and over, you haven't lost your salvation if you become greatly annoyed. I see that in that text. Can I, can I get a witness from a parent anywhere in the room that when they say the same thing over and over and over, it just, Paul, right there, it says he was greatly annoyed. That's the first thing. The second thing that I notice, so what happens right there at the beginning of this story, this is kind of building towards the other part, is uh, Paul and it's a we there, the royal we is being used, so that's Luke, the author of Acts, telling us that he was there, and Silas, these guys, it says that they got into this jam, and this jam was, there was this girl, and she was a fortune teller, and uh, you may think in our kind of scientific-oriented world that those people that do horoscopes or look at the stars or claim to talk to evil spirits, that that's all just made up mumbo-jumbo, and sometimes it is. There's also evil spirits that have access to certain power, and some of that stuff is really real. There was this girl who was making money for these guys because she was telling people their fortunes. And she just kept following Paul and Silas around until eventually Paul was like, hey, enough already, demon, get out of her. And I noticed, do you see that this whole thing happened at the very start of verse 16? It happened, do you see it there? It says, as we were going to the place of prayer. Uh, It's comforting to me as we head into 2024 to know that sometimes you don't have to be looking for trouble to find trouble. Sometimes trouble just has a way of finding you. So all these guys were doing was just they were going to church the way they were supposed to be going to church, and they weren't looking for trouble. Trouble was looking for them. So the story continues. But when her owners, this is verse 19, saw that their hope of gain was gone, notice that that's the way that evil always is. Evil is never interested in people. It's always interested in what it can get from people. It doesn't say they were worried about the girl. What does it say? that She doesn't have the demon in her. She can't. Help us make money. When her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And 
When they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, public trial, that's what's happening. They said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. All they did was help a girl who was real confused in her head become unconfused, but now they're being attacked as being anti the culture. Do you see it? So the crowd joined in attacking them, verse 22, and the magistrates tore their garments off them and gave them orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. It says there that when they had inflicted many blows upon them, so that's physical pain, being hit with broomsticks kind of thing. But I wonder if there's anybody in the room today who's uh, headed to a new year feeling like the year that they've been in was a year where they had many blows inflicted upon them. I know a lot of the people in the room, so I could point a few people out. Probably wouldn't be very loving to do it. But some of us, you may have that feeling. It's described in another place in the scripture when Jesus calms the storm that the disciples were trying to sail their boat across the Sea of Galilee, and they couldn't do it because the wind was against them. Sometimes in the long middle of following God through life that many of us are in, you get that feeling like, it just doesn't matter what I do right now, somehow, some way, it's going to turn out not so great. That I go, I go the right way, it turns out bad. I go the wrong way, it turns out bad. I go left, I go right, I go center, I go backwards. Even on my way to church, I'm somehow finding problems. Maybe that's kind of where you are today. They had many blows inflicted upon them. Sometimes we have the experience that when you're down, it just keeps getting worse. So then it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing to God hymns, and the prisoners were listening to them. That's really, I just came to say really just one thing today in a couple different ways to all of us, and it is this, God is worthy of your praise, even when you're in pain and in jail and you don't know what's coming next and it's midnight. So I know that there's a lot of people here that are dealing with challenging things. It's snowing today. <sighs> but I doubt that anybody could beat, in terms of just like, not totally fair, I was just on my way to church and I just tried to help this girl out and now I've been beaten with broomsticks and I'm in prison and it's midnight and I don't know what's gonna happen if Paul and Silas could find a way to praise God right there, we can find a way to praise God right here. Uh, this, when it says there in the text that they were in stocks and uh, they were in jail, this was nothing like what you may imagine is sort of like one of those low-key minimum security kind of like hanging around prisons that you might see in a movie. As best as we can tell, this is probably what their position was like when they were praying uh, and singing hymns. Hands fastened. Legs fastened. That kind of looks like that weird exercise thing that some people do. I know, but that's not what that is. No way you could get comfortable like that. I've gotten into this bad habit this year uh, of sometimes putting my feet up when I'm reading. 
and the staff team will be laughing at me. Sometimes I'm wandering around and I have like one of my legs falling asleep and I'm dragging it around like walking all weird. That's self-inflicted foolishness. But just imagine how much discomfort they're in when they're like that for a few hours, already with wounds on their back. But their response wasn't to rehash everything that had already happened. It doesn't say that the next part was Paul and Silas kept saying, why did we help that stupid girl to begin with? We should have never gone to that dumb church. Who knows where we could have. should have just stayed home and watched online on December 31st. We should have just gone to one of those churches that cancels church the last Sunday of the year. We should have just, we should have just, we should We don't see any of that. All we see is while they're waiting, about midnight, so they've been in there for a while, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. We'll get to what happens next, which is going to be great, of course, in just a second. But it's so easy uh, to get frustrated with the reality that God is rarely early. Have you noticed this yet in your life? That God like usually doesn't answer our prayers the very first time we pray him? Can I get a witness? It usually isn't like the first time I'm like, God, can you help me figure out how to deal with this thing with my child? God, can you help me? I just feel this really, man, existential like loneliness, and I just don't know if I can keep going. It usually doesn't change that much the very first time. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to bring, we have them out in the lobby. A lot of people who were here in the church a year ago, we filled out a prayer that we committed to praying about for a whole year. I don't know how well you did with praying about yours for the whole year, but we're taking them off the wall, and next week we're going to say, God, either you answered this, or you've chosen it not to answer it yet, but it's another year and I'm gonna to commit to continuing to pray on it because I've learned this, you see it in this story, it's all over the Bible. God is rarely early, but somehow also he's never late. God always seems to work just when things get to their most dire. Just when the pressure is ratcheted up to the place where we don't feel like we have anymore. They're in prison. They're in pain. It's midnight, and they're praising God. I want to just for a second uh, just teach this little part for just a second. I hope this is helpful to you, and I want to say it gently and carefully. Um, the proper response to everything that happens in life is praise to God. On the good days and the bad days, the up days and the down days, the days where I can't believe he loves me and the days where I don't really totally feel like he loves me, when I get good news and bad news, the, the response is to praise. And where we have to be uh, really careful in the world that we're living in today is in the last few uh, decades in our world, a lot of work has been done to help us learn more about the effect that bad things that happen in our lives can have on us. When I was a kid, like you never heard people talking about trauma. And now it's, it's like all you hear people talk about, it feels like. And church has often, for many people, been a place where you were told, just say it doesn't hurt, and come on, let's sing the chorus again even a little bit louder. That's what some people have experienced. And so we want to try to find not what the culture says or what sometimes the Mistakes of the church say, we want to try to find what God says, which is somewhere right here. Counseling and a good therapist and good friends 
and taking care of yourself and going for a walk and eating a little healthier and tuning some bad people out and going through all, all of that stuff has a part in helping people heal from the bad things that have happened in their life. But our culture often teaches us now that being a victim of trauma is not a place, is a place to stay, not a place to conquer. And I want to tell you in Jesus' name, as we finish this year, you had the faith to come to church today. Can you just borrow some of my faith if you can't believe it for yourself? You do not have to feel like this every time you take a breath into your lungs until the day you die. It doesn't mean the bad things didn't happen. It means they happened. But you don't have to stay right where you are in this, I just feel like a victim of bad things that happen place forever. And part of the way, say part of the way, not the whole way. I'm not saying the whole way. I'm not saying the whole way. Am I saying the whole way, Steve? I'm Austin left. He's supposed to be there. I don't know where he went, but he wasn't there. He has two microphones, but he's not there. But he would also agree with me, because that's part of his role to sit back there is to agree with me. He would also say, I'm not saying it's the whole way, but part of the way that God heals us is through praise. There is something that happens when I say, you're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to steal my faith. You're not going to tell me I don't still believe it. That crazy friend of mine who was singing that song right there on the stage today was singing that same song with that same enthusiasm when her son was murdered and taken from this earth. And she was singing it before that happened, and she was singing it while that happened, and she was still singing it today. Even when she knew she was over her time and she was taking my time, she was saying, let's come around again. I want to sing it another time. Because if I really believe and have experienced and seen who God is, there's nothing that's going to steal my praise. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the, verse 26, the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. I notice also there that praise doesn't just have a positive effect for me. Do you see that it wasn't just Paul and Silas whose chains fell off because they were praising God? Somehow the whole prison got free too? You can't even believe what your praise is going to do for the people near you. The influence it's going to have. The proper response to everything that happens in life is praise. I want to just give you four. What I mean when I say this, here's four things. First, praise is singing. Ah. Uh, some people are good singers. Some people are not. Anybody willing to go on record in honesty in church today and say, I'm one of the bad singers? Yeah. I, okay, wow. Okay, that was a lot of them. Yeah, I noticed. Uh, it was amazing. That's the first time I've ever heard Christian sing. It was amazing the way she sang in the service day, right? And I always notice that when she gets, she kind of sits up over here, and she always manages to collect a few people right behind her, uh, right in front of her. Because you always like to sit by somebody who's a good singer during the worship time. You know, it makes you feel like you're doing a little better if they're doing better. And you don't want to be, a loud bad singer can be a little tough. Yeah, thanks, Steve, you were honest. Yeah, it can be tough. But here's the point. Uh, the quality of the praise has nothing to do with the quality of the voice. The quality of the praise is the enthusiasm in the heart giving the praise. It's the coolest thing. This is like the only, the only place, uh, our culture built this whole world, it's kind of like mostly over now, but our culture built this whole world around embarrassing people who are bad singers, who think they're good singers. Somebody should just figure that out before Simon Cowell did like 20 plus years ago and just sent them all to church because church is a great place because why? 
It's all over the Bible, whether you like the singing part or not. One of the main ways that we praise God is by singing back to him that we know who he is. Two, praise is also uh, praise's priority. What do I mean? I mean, um, praise means I'm going to get to church as often as I can, even when I don't feel like it. Praise is even when it was snowing and I could have just rolled over, I still got there. Congrats. Pat yourself on the back if you're watching online. Let the Lord do whatever he's, he wants to do with that word uh, through the Holy Spirit. But part of praise is priority. We... Uh, had this week, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but we had this week some people in our family around Christmas that were not feeling their best, but they like figured out how to suck it up and get to where the presents were being opened and the food was being eaten. Why? Because Christmas is priority when you love your family, and so you're not going to let anything get in your way. Uh, I want to just encourage us that more regularly getting to church and in the Bible in 2024 is going to help us praise God more. Three, praise is also giving. Uh, when I prepared this, I didn't know. We're uh, grateful that our church is thriving in giving right now, financially and otherwise. He's back. But you, uh, you may not be. And I can just tell you from experience and from faith and from life that when you give what you have to God, it enhances your sense of joy and enthusiasm when you see God, what God does through what happens around you. And the, this is, again, the awesome thing about biblical generosity. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Biblical generosity is amazing because it is not about the size of the gift. It is about the size of the sacrifice. As God looks down around churches all over our country and world today, the people he's the most proud of for their giving are not the people who gave the most, the people he is the most blessed by are people who didn't have a lot but chose to give. Anyway, uh, praise is giving. And then four, praise is grace. Uh, 2024 at Good News in the Neighborhood is going to be the year of grace is what it's going to be. And uh, it's going to be learning together about the power of God's grace for us, his undeserved love and favor that he's given to us. It's going to be learning more about how to have grace for each other and in relationships in our lives. Maybe you're feeling like super frustrated with somebody in your life. I got my hair cut a couple days ago and the barber spent the whole time he was cutting my hair telling about how he wanted to kill his brother-in-law at Christmas. And he still might. I was like, all right, well, I just, you know, I don't want to be an accessory or anything after the fact. So what was, but holidays have a way of kind of bringing out some of that stuff in us. Being angry at that person is not going to move the line. Being angry at that person is not going to change them. It isn't going to fix it. It isn't going to make it different. Grace is the only thing that moves the line. It's the only thing that changes. And part of praising God is giving grace to the people around us who really need it. We're going to talk about that a lot more. So here's how the story finishes. This is amazing. It says, verse 27, that when the jailer woke saw, uh, verse 27, that the prison doors were open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. That was common in the ancient world, that uh, if you were guarding someone and they escaped, you got whatever penalty they were going to get. So it's an artful way of telling us Paul and Silas were going to be killed. So when they escape from the jail, the jailer, he wakes, he sees, oh my gosh, he grabs his sword, he says, I'm going to kill myself too. But Paul 
cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. We could preach, I could preach an hour on every one of these verses. Imagine how much faith it takes to be in a prison unfairly. The chains fell off and you're waiting. So it says the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So, all right, let's track it. So Paul and Silas were singing while they were in the prison. Who thinks that the singing in the prison was probably annoying to the guy guarding the prison? Yeah, a few people, yeah. So he was listening to them sing. He knew about their faith. He knew about why they were there. He dozed off to sleep. He wakes up, and when he realizes that they're all there, his first response when he sees that these guys who were singing after they were bloody, these guys who were praising their God even when they were stuck in this prison, the first thing that he says is, it says he falls on his knees before him and says, what, what do I need to do to be saved? What if the way that God wants to use us to change our workplace, our school, our neighborhood, the places around us, isn't by how well we do at pointing out the sin that we see all over the place, but it's how strong the praise is that we live with even when things aren't going our way. So then they said, well, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. It's beautiful too. The same guy that beat them was also the guy that tried to heal them. That's another sermon for another day. And he was baptized at once, he and all his household and his family. Then he brought them up to his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. What I came to say today was that praise is the proper response to everything that happens in life. And you don't have any idea what God wants to do through your willingness to praise. There's people watching you, more people than you realize all the time. And they see how we act on the good days and they see how we act on the bad days. And God wants to use the strength and steadiness of your faith to say, even if I'm in pain, even if I'm in prison, even if it's midnight, even if things aren't going my way, you are not going to stop me from believing in the God who saved me and the God who loved me and the God who is for me. And no matter what comes my way in 2024, I can tell you this, you're going to find me praising God. So I want to just, uh, this is the very end celebrate by taking communion together. I hope you got it. Just bring in your hand. If you need it, just wave your hand. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, some of our people, servants would love to help you. This is open whether this is your church or not. If you're a follower of Jesus, we would love for you to celebrate this with us. Then Kim's going to come and sing until she decides that we're done. broken things inside of us what can make sinners like us worthy servants of the son of god the body of jesus christ broken for you what can wash away my sin it's nothing
This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is Good News.